Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, everyone. Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle... But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! What's up, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between? You have joined us for the live edition of And the Podcast Will Rocks Fuck It February. We decided to say fuck it. It's February. We're doing it live again. Hello. Thank you for joining us. I, of course, am your co-host, Mark Kamaya. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, how you feeling tonight? Oh, I'm feeling great. You know, I was a little worried that nobody was going to... uh pop on the stream with us here tonight but look we've already got a, a full panel of guests here uh mark i'll let you do your magic you should know pretty much everybody on here so you can uh let everyone know who's joining us well right off the tr- all right off the back uh we're gonna go to the uh the tom petty Con- tom petty podcast extraordinaire <laughs> you know him he's always on our live shows because we love having him and he loves to share his opinions kevin brown how you doing dude I'm doing very, very well, and I realized after the last live stream that I'm going to try to share fewer of my opinions because I talked too much in that last one, so... <laughs> Nonsense. <More listening> required. <laughs> that's, that's what these live shows are for, not just speak as much as you want. Also joining us, our uh, uh, our super fan and uh, friend and fellow podcaster as well uh, because he joined us on the show, Ryan Powell. How you doing, Ryan? Hey, hey. glad to be back on. This is uh, uh, kind of a deja vu, be fun. Somebody has an open mic and is listening to the uh, live stream. Yeah, I was just like, mine's uh, my other stream is on mute, so it can't be mine. Yeah, mine too. There it goes. (laughs) Oh, man. Also joining us, Scott Everett. Scott, welcome to the show, my dude. Thank you, sir. 
And who else is on the panel here? We've got a lot. I mean, everyone just keeps showing up. Scott Monroe, George Solano, and uh, of course, the the guy that knows all about Van Halen. He's the expert. We are not Eric Sinich. What's up, Eric? There we go. Hey, hey guys. What's up? Hey. How much? How you going? How's it going? I, I just got back from seeing Cocaine Bear. Oh, and? my God. Oh, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Do you guys know about this movie? No, it's a true story. Yep. Oh, yeah. It happened uh, near my neck of the woods. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's right, Mark. Yeah, Tennessee, right? Yeah. Hey, Mark, we got a fellow deep diver on, George. Welcome back, George. How's it going? What is up, everyone? You've got George, and you've got another cameo coming. Oh, another cameo. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pleasure for me to hop onto as many deep dive shows as I can. Excited to talk about a different band than I normally do. Corey, that background is fire, by the way. <laughs> it's not as good as Ryan's. Ryan had to had to outdo me here tonight on my own live show. Oh, look at that collage in the back. Well, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be able to talk to most of you for the first time. I don't think I've ever done a pod with Kevin or, well, any of you except Mark and Corey. Yeah. Yeah, man. New official hello to everybody who... Uh... Who's on? You know what? I want to know from from everyone here on the panel. Uh, what song? What is your favorite va- actual Van Halen song? You, can, I mean, we all know that there are probably a bunch of different favorites, but I'm curious uh, if there is a particular favorite song and why. I would love to know from each of you because I don't think I know it why uh, your favorite Van Halen song is. So, uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. 5150, just because it's the song that got me into the band. You know, that was my first exposure really to anything beyond Jump and that guitar riff. You know, it's just magnificent. So, yeah, definitely. That's good reasons. Uh, Scott Monroe, how about you? Yeah, I'd have to go with uh, Unchained. You know, we uh, we talked on uh, our episode uh, about the best of a little bit. Um, you know, that, that got a lot of replay on the best of for me. Um, and uh, I think uh, Matt said it best um, when you guys uh, did that uh particular tune uh you know it's it's arguably the the best song they've done and it has everything going for it i will not fight against that uh assessment whatsoever uh george how about you yeah just like scott said i think or was it kevin my bad just like kevin said we're drawn to the songs that sort of got us hooked on the band the songs that got us into the band for me it's got to be dance the night away because I started with Van Halen too, and that was the song that, to me, it really stood out on the first listen. And I've got some great memories with that song. I saw Real Big Fish a few years ago, and they covered Dance the Night Away, and my wife and I were just having a grand old time dancing to that song. So I'll go with that one. Right on. That's cool. You got a story behind it. Um, Scott Everett, how about yourself? Uh, I put it in the chat, and I actually left it on uh, eric's podcast a long time ago when eddie passed but uh jump and it's you know the purists don't always love that song but it's what introduced me to the band and i've been with them ever since my parents were going uh through a divorce at the time when that song came out and it got me out of the doldrums uh every day when that was going on and still does to this day so it's it's jump ryan i uh I think I have a pretty good idea of yours, but uh, please tell us uh, your favorite Van Halen. 
Yeah, I, I probably tipped my hand uh, um, uh, when we recorded the last podcast, but uh, right now is what got me into the band. Um, it's it's different than a lot of the other stuff. I mean, when I first got into the van because of right now, um, I kept listening to other things, expecting more of right now, and I never got it. So it took me a while to kind of get used to all the other styles of Van Halen, but the composition, just the the production of it, everything else, it's got to be up there. Of course, un, uh, Unchained, and there are a whole host of other ones that would, would be right up there in that conversation, but go with the one that brought me here. There you go. No shame in it whatsoever. Uh, well, uh, let's see who, who have I got not gone to, uh, Eric Sinich. How about you, man? Do you have a single favorite? And you, you probably would say you've got a whole slew of them are your favorites, but is there just yeah. one that stands apart from all of them? Yeah. I'm with Scott jump. And that was the, that was the song that turned me on to the band. And, um, I was 12 when I saw the video, that was my first exposure to the band. Uh, and, um, uh, can you guys hear me? Oh, you there? Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, my first exposure to the band um, visually and and uh, hearing the song on the radio. And to this day, it's still, it's just a, just a feel-good song, man. I love it. I know there's obviously uh, the detractors, those who want to hear Eddie play strictly guitar, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a great song, but also just a personal attachment to it. Mm-hmm. What got me into the band. And I mean, and that's that is exactly what I'm looking for from with uh, that assessment, because, you know, it's easy to just say, oh, it sounds the coolest. So uh, that's my favorite, I guess. Like, no, if we all have particular favorites and uh, because there's a story that goes along with it. So that is a good insight to all of you and how, uh, you know, what Van Halen, how Van Halen kind of pulled you in. Uh, Corey, uh, you still doing hosting uh, things or are we good to go? I'm kind of still doing hosting things. Why don't you guys talk about... Um... Jeez, what we can do tonight. We have a, a few different options, unless you guys want to do something else because it's fucking February. Uh, I do have some new wheels uh, that we could spin tonight if you guys want. We have the regular wheel. If we want to do just a regular show, I have a solo wheel that features uh, pretty much every solo song. I had to kind of cut back on the uh, Sammy catalog a little bit because his is so huge. Uh, so we have the oh, Sammy anthology and then his last five <laughs> albums past that. Uh, plus all the David stuff, all of Extreme stuff, of course, uh, Wolfie stuff, and uh, Eddie's uh, soundtrack from uh, The Wildlife. And we also have a live uh, wheel. I tried to grab different shows from different eras, uh, including Sam, including uh, Gary. Uh, so we have uh, those uh, wheels that are at our disposal here tonight. So uh, you guys kick it around. What do you guys want to do? My vote's for solo. I would love to talk solo. Sammy or Dave, preferably Dave. Let's do solo because I've never heard any of that stuff and I want a new experience. So you haven't heard any, any Dave solo, any Sammy solo? Maybe a little bit, like a couple of hits, but. Sounds like uh, the consensus is uh, for the solo wheel. That's what, uh, that's what I'm getting. So we might have to just go ahead and do that. Uh, We might, we're just going to change it up. We're going uh, for a solo song. That's good with everybody else. Nice. Corey, that's good with you. Well, you had to start with, you know, we, I think we spin this thing twice tonight. So, you know, yeah. second spin can be whatever. So right yeah. now they're seeing the wheel, the solo wheel, 258 songs. Wow. Uh, on this. Yeah, right on. So if you guys are ready, I'll play the tune and uh, we'll spin this sucker. Let's do it. You All know right. it.
And we're going to get something from Waiting for the Punchline from Extreme. Oh, wow. That's oh, a really good cool album. Yeah. Yes. I'm interested. Oh, kick-ass album. I, I think that's my favorite Extreme album. Is it really? Yeah, nice one. Yeah, mid-90s, right? 95? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't Something know. like that. Fair it, was the, it was the first one I picked up when I heard Gary was joining Van Halen. It's like, wow, oh, I got to check cool. this guy out. Yep. All right. All right. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to find the song. So you're going to find the song. Um, yeah, this there was. Is, th- this, this is a good Gary. Like, okay, so yeah. like, there will be no more apologies to Gary the rest of this show because this is good Gary. <laughs> yeah. This is Gary and his element. So we're, we're ready to celebrate that. Yeah, there was one single off of it, and it didn't do well because that was the grunge era. Uh, uh, let's see. here Was it here? Here today. Uh, here today. You'll be yeah. gone tomorrow. You'll yeah. be gone tomorrow. Yeah, and it's dark. It's angry. Yeah, it's um, definitely the darkest extreme album for sure. Yeah, raw, very raw. Um, and Nuno sounds very different on that. He's he's. Uh, I'm trying to think. What was the song uh, at, at towards the end of it, which I always love too. Um, let's see. Think of that instrumental, the the guitar solo one. It's yes. like uh, shadow boxing. Shadow boxing, yeah. It's like a yeah. Midnight Express one where he's like just killer, um, like staccato, like uh, like resting on the muting the strings kind of thing. Right, right. I I got to see them on tour when they came here to Connecticut for that tour, and they were playing a club. They were playing a place uh, called the Sting in New Britain, Connecticut, maybe. I don't know, thousand, two thousand people. That place awesome. still around? No, it's gone. Are you a Connecticut there guy? Any... Yeah. You got more than one Connecticut guy on the call? Yeah, man. <laughs> What's up? I'm in George. Stanford. Oh, Stanford. Okay. Yeah, Southington, right near New Hay- New Halen and Hartford. New Halen. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Track listing. There is no God. Tell me something I don't know. Cynical was is track two. Tell me something I don't know. Hip today, that's the one. That's the single. Naked Midnight Express is the instrumental. Leave me alone is awesome. No respect is the one I love. Some really cool bass lines on this album too. So Shadow this, boxing. So this was this one. This was the last extreme album then before Gary joined Van Halen. Is that correct? Yeah, is that the timeline. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think they're working on a new album as we speak too. I don't think, I don't, you know, Gary's, he, he does various projects, but extreme is still an entity. And then Gary's on tour with, uh, he's going out on a tour with Joe Perry project, Joe Perry project. That's right. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yep. And actually uh, tonight's song, uh, fair weather faith, not included on the U S release. I was uh, going to say that didn't song. sound like a familiar one from it. So yeah. that's interesting. It'll be a new one for me, even though I know. Same here. Yeah. Was that the start of it? Because that, that was sounds the start. about right. It's very yep. raw. You can hear the guys in the studio. Yep. Hey, Scott Haskin Haskin is stealthily yeah. joined. Scott. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. There's three Scots to every story. That, that's an extreme album. Yes, there you go. Well, well It's played. also a great one. Yeah. <laughs> Scott is our resident Uriah Heap expert as That's Corey right. still gets prepared. That's right. Scott, I got it. You know, I forgot to, uh, I was going to email you that. The last album they have is fucking awesome. 
Cast in <laughs> color. Just, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I I specifically did not watch the videos they released before I started doing the reviews because I really wanted to go in just completely fresh, no preconceived thoughts or anything. And man, every single song yeah. blew me away. Absolutely every blew me single away. One. Yep. Yeah, really good. That was what it came out like within the last year. Uh, last uh, about two weeks ago, it was the twenty third, I think. That's right, brand new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All yeah, right, really, really good stuff. Hear... Sorry about that. Ready? Ready to hear a little fair weather yeah, face from extreme. extreme. Right. Here, we go. Right. Here we go. Got little production trick cool. here. The, the guitars are panned way over in the right. Like oh, just yeah. way far over in the right hand side. So I'm kind of curious to see if, if uh, Gary's just going to be hard on the left here. It's going to be interesting to see. Great drum wow. sound, eh? Super, super flat and present. Man, that that bass right at the, right before you stopped it, just like twang in the string right there. Yeah, Pat Badger, and this is Mike Mangini. Is the I think this is the first album he's on drums. They had, I, I believe, they had somebody before him. No, this is Paul Gary. Is Paul Geary on this one? Okay. Yes, is, yeah. Okay. Mike Mangini is on only on three tracks. Hip today, leave me alone, no respect. All right. Good call, Corey. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, pretty decent start. Uh, like I said, I was doing producer stuff. Everybody on the call, pretty much a, a fan of Extreme, right? No apologies to Gary tonight. Going to get some good shit. <laughs> yeah, here, good band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Kevin was air drumming and I stopped it. I thought oh, yeah, I was, was, was air drumming nice. the cowbell. I was cowbell. just keeping time with that cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say, drummers, did, did everyone catch a Super Bowl with uh, Nuno Betancourt playing a uh, guitar with Rihanna? I don't even think his guitar was playing. Oh, he was there. I didn't even was know he was there. there. I did. He was there. I, I don't that. know if he did anything. I did not watch. Wow. Uh, hey, good for him. Man. I don't know yeah. if I'd recognize him now. I don't know if I'd not recognize him. He looks the same, right? Same oh, yeah. the, the, the the long hair. He's rocking the long hair. Still looks the same. Yep. Yeah. But again, like Rihanna said, I don't even think he had his guitar plugged in. Like you can hear the band at all. It was all pretty much pre-recorded stuff. So. Yeah. Well, Rihanna wasn't singing either, so that's yeah. where it was. Yep. Yeah. That's it's not a, a new thing for the Super Bowl. They've been it, doing that for years and years. Right. Yeah. Right. It, it's just the same to get Nuno Betancourt on a stage and not get to appreciate him playing the guitar. He's been working with her for a while, hasn't he? He has, Maybe yeah. He, yeah. That's the extreme sound there, the harmonies. Yeah. I was just reading the lyrics on this though too. And so the, the album opens with, there is no God. 
And then we're getting this one where they're just, they're really being, you know, there's no nuance here. They're not being subtle about their, their no. opinions. On this way, so. yeah. I think Gary was saying it's, it was like from the heart, legit. He was pissed off about a lot of things because, because the music business had just turned upside down because of Nirvana. Yeah. And so all these record labels that they thought believed in them, um, you know, were just like, see ya. We're not putting any money into your album, not doing anything for you. And they got pissed. Yeah. You know? I, just, I want to go to the uh, the uh, YouTube comments here for a little bit. Uh, Alan says the extreme. There are a lot of talk about the extreme Queen medley because when, when you think of extreme, their Queen medley that they did uh, uh, for the Freddie Mercury tribute concert is unreal. Oh, like fantastic, yes. right? Yeah, it's, it's one of the my favorite 20 minutes of music ever performed. Yes. Uh, but uh, uh, Michelle Kurlander says that's the only time I ever saw extreme at the tribute concert. Well, that's a pretty good way to, to see him. Uh, she also said, I love to watch that section of the concert. Also loved when Gary played with Deaky to get him a smile. Yeah, there's a, a Gary came back uh, and did a hammer to fall, uh, I believe. Yeah. Uh, with oh, the, yeah. Surviving members of Queen. And yeah, uh, he had a lot of fun kind of playing with, with John Deacon. That was really cool. Uh, Johnny Bean says, I run into Nuno at NAM every year and he looks the same. So there you go. Nice. Hey, Johnny. Yeah. Thanks for yeah, chiming um, in, Johnny. And, you know, Gary sounds comfortable here. It's just, there's some, the Van Halen 3 album, there's just something so He's just so uncut. There's a lyric in that song you guys played last week where he's actually saying, where are we going? You know, and I'm thinking, man, how appropriate. He didn't know where he was going with those songs. Like he just, it wasn't, there weren't, they weren't songs that he really uh, was comfortable with, but he just said, okay, I'll do my best with it. But there's a chemistry he had with Nuno. They wrote songs together. He's so comfortable here. He doesn't sound like he's pushing it. You know, he's, he's just, he's in the groove. I think that's the key word, comfortable. Yep. Yeah. No, that's exactly. the that's the key word. He's comfortable. Like three, he, he never sounds comfortable at no, all. I, and... I don't I don't think he had any veto power on that album. So not like Sammy or Dave where they said, nah, not for me. Change that. Don't feel you know, it was yeah. Eddie's it was Eddie's project the whole way and Gary did his best. Well not I, without nice. you, I think is great. I'll defend without you. I, I will defend uh um, the second track on there, I was just listening to it the other day. Three fire in the hole, fire in the hole, yeah. Fire in the hole is good, yeah. I, I don't think Alex one is I on want. drums on that though. I think that's Ed on drums. Yeah. One I want, yeah, yeah. One I want. No, there, there, there's some, there's some tracks on there where he really does find a, a good groove um, with with Ed, but I think you're right. It was, it was more of a one sided thing. So. It would have been really great to hear what happens after that tour where they really right. gelled on the tour. So yeah. It's just disjointed, like so is it right, just so uncomfortable. Like, you know, like he's like he almost is like if you could read his mind, he's like, guys, can we not record this song? Can we just take a little more time? In it's, terms of process, weird. Eric. In terms of process, because my understanding is that basically the music was essentially written and was sort of given to Gary and he came yeah. back with lyrics and just recorded him. So if you're not in the, in the studio with the guys, cause I mean, if he's, if, if that was the case, he could have said, Hey Eddie, instead of playing that riff here it, for what I've got here, my flow lyrically, if you play that same thing and then we can use that, you know what I mean? Because that, that yeah, sort of I think in, for in... the most part, that's what it was. I, he may right. have, he may have collaborated with Eddie a little bit. Like Josephine is about his mom. Right. So lyrically, that's his, all, all the lyrics were his, but I, I believe that it was mostly Eddie saying, here's what we got. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's a tough gig. And, and you know, and Eddie was, Eddie seems a hired gun. Yeah. 
but Eddie yeah. seems so sincere, like over the top. He's my new brother. We're like spiritual brothers. It's like we've known each other all these years. And I only think that he felt that way is because he wasn't getting any pushback, which which sucks. Nobody wants to have somebody pushing back and telling you what to do and what not to do. It, it does suck. But look what it did with Sam and, Ed, uh, and Dave. Yeah. I mean, it, it that back and forth. You know, it, it was just Ed was in charge. And and again, Alex is not, I don't think he's not, he's not playing drums on all the tracks. And I don't even know if Michael's on, plays bass on all the tracks. If you listen closely, you'll hear, it's like, if you listen to Sammy's 87 album, where Eddie plays bass on it, listen to that and then listen to three. And you might pick up on like, yeah, that's Eddie. Hmm. Yeah. Well, right, let's get back to uh, Fairweather Faith. Nice, Nuno. Yes. So like, good. Come on. That dude. That's just signature Nuno. Yeah. One of the most underrated guitar players in, in rock, uh, like especially in modern day rock, dude. Yeah. People do not talk about him enough. He is so damn good. So yeah. is that, and I'm not a guitarist, but is that like palm muting where he gets that really short staccato sound when he's when he's plucking it? Pretty much, yeah. Like to get the the staccato feel. Yeah, like like yeah, holding holding down yeah, the palm, palm on the strings. It, yeah. yeah, on the bridge. I think he's just playing it so quick too that there's also the, yeah. the string strikers. You know, it's, yeah, it's crazy though. Hey, like those guys when you watch them too, like Ivan Halen's and and Betancourt's, it just looks effortless. They play yeah. that stuff and it's like they're just throwing it away. You know, it's crazy. Yep. They make it look so easy. Yeah. Is this the first of... time listen for everybody on the call? Like I don't recall yep. ever hearing this song yep. before. Yeah. I've never yeah, heard this before. No. This never is heard. brand new. Yep. And like it right away too. Yeah. I'm trying to decide if I like the snare sound or not. It's 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 like it could use just a little more reverb to make it feel like it wasn't recorded in a studio, but the depth of it, that pitch sounds really good. Yeah. It's up front. You can definitely hear it. Mm -hmm. Drums are loud. The guitar yeah, actually sounds a little too low. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. Yeah, right, I mean, back to her. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I blew it. No, I wasn't trying to stop the song. I was, I have a touch screen. 
Oh, <laughs> fuck me. Uh, let's play the damn song. Almost done. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that. Like, it's clearly about sort of Sunday Christians, right? Or Sunday sort of church goes. They do it for one hour a week, and that's then, but then they drop yeah. it after that. Like, well, I'm my faith, bit now. Yeah. I've talked to the big guy, you know, I've checked in. It's like, yeah, fuck, I'll go fuck yourselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all good. I could be a piece of shit for the rest of the week. I checked in. Exactly. Fair weather faith. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Scott, I love how he comes in off the he comes in off beat back into the like at the end of the four. He doesn't come in on the one again. It comes in, just drags and comes in on the either and or the two. Like that's pretty cool. I like that stuff. Yeah. Is there anything, Scott? Is there anything like in the setup to get that kind of sound on drums? Like the way they're setting up the mics and the way they're because it does sound like it's you're like right there. It feels like you're like standing right next to the drum kit. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just very really mixed high into the mix. Um, I think the the balance to kick and snare is a little bit off. The snare is really overpowering the kick. I'm not finding a good balance with the bass either. But uh, yeah, mainly it's just it's just a really raw sound. It's it's just like they put the mic right on the snare head almost, right. and they just really kicked it up. So it's all it's not quite peaking on the board but boy it feels like it's close because it's yeah. not it's not distorting or clipping but man it just has such a raw sound to it it feels like the, the like the the mic is picking up all the air around the snare yes. and not just the snare itself yeah it's, absolutely. Uh, it, it sounds really similar to to like hip today that the drum the drum yes. sounds on, on that on the same album obviously okay but, yep. but yeah like which was distinctive i mean for that song at the time because it was that was sort of their hit at the time. And it starts in with just drums, um, you know, with that little fill going into it. So. Mark, you've been awfully quiet. I know you did a show last night, but you must have some thoughts on what you're hearing here. What I'm not really digging about this uh, so far is just the vocal choices uh, Gary is making in the verses. Uh, it's like, he's trying to be a little too blues heavy. You know what I mean? And he's, purposely not hitting notes like leaving them very flat which is really bothering my ears mm. because then when he gets into the uh the pre-chorus and into the chorus he doesn't do that he he like sings the notes straight and you know right on so it's he's making an active vocal choice in the verses that frankly i don't think he should be making but what do you do is that partially then mark because if you look at if you actually when you read the lyrics if you look at the number of syllables in each line it's all over mm -hmm. the place there's yeah. no consistency. So your cadence, he's got to really throw himself into like almost like a Whitney Houston thing where he's singing, you know, 50 yeah, notes he, where three will do, right? So he's li he's literally uh, making himself uh, sound so like uh, more blues and soulful than is necessary whatsoever yeah. in this song. And it, and I don't know, I just with him just not landing on those ending notes, if you're going to do all those trills, at least do the trills right. Yeah. <laughs> he's just not landing on him so it, it's it's hurting my ears um <laughs> other than that the song is it cooks i really dig it 
Yeah. I think though that not having the same amount of syllables in every line is is actually an advantage for a singer because you're not stuck into the pattern of here's how this line goes and here's how the next line goes. Sure. You can really play with it and and really emote and if and in, do some interesting things with your voice. I think you're a little more limited when it's so linear. Oh, for sure, yeah. That's a good point. Um, and yeah, maybe that's where his process is uh, when doing this song, but. I don't know. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying he's doing a good job, but I'm just saying he had options. <laughs> oh, yo. Well, I mean, yes. And it's good to have options uh, as a vocalist. You don't want to yeah. be stale. Overall, Mike, how much, how much have you heard of Gary in extreme? Have you, have you had a good chance to listen to everything from the first album till? Uh, I've listened to the, their first two in their, yeah. in their entireties. And then uh, some of their other things kind of sprinkled here and there. Um, is his style different back in the beginning? Because they they definitely had more of the stadium rock '80s kind of vibe there. Yeah, the um, yeah. They just, I mean, I, it felt like uh, at least some of the stuff post '80s that I heard from them uh, sounded like it was their desperate attempt to stay relevant and try to transform into what was happening. Uh, like on three sides. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That, was, that was very much their like uh, queen, um, like very theatrical, like album three acts kind of thing. It's like when Slayer did a specific new metal type album during the new metal uh, craze at, in the late '90s, and it did not work for them. <laughs> is is he better on a uh, more than words type vocals, or is he better when he's, you know, putting some muscle into it? <laughs> You know, that is a funny question because now that I think of it, I think best Gary is harmonizing Gary. Uh, so, harmonizing yeah. himself or with Nuno? With Nuno. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He, he can't do it without Nuno. Um, I mean, he could because I think Gary's a capable singer. However, Nuno's right there. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you always? Uh, yeah. So I think uh, the, the duo combination of, of Gary and Nuno together is the best vocal uh version of extreme yeah i mean yeah, maybe more... maybe without nuno it's he's not as comfortable could be it very well could be and you know it's it's it makes me wonder how much better the songs might have been if uh nuno had been a part of van halen yeah right <laughs> it's like hey, eddie hey, this is what he wants tell gary he's like you can sing for us and he's like i'll sing for you but one stipulation i gotta bring right, right. with me <laughs> rave of flame says every song that i heard from van halen 3 sounds like gary's auditioning for a spot in the band it really does that's what's so disappointing about this journey and exploring this particular album because it's just it breaks my heart every time we listen to a track there is so much like potential that could have happened had they uh, done things a different way. Because again, we don't hate Gary. We, it's, we like him. We think he's a great singer. I think he's a very yeah. capable singer, but he, what he's doing in Van Halen three, it just does not work for me at all. Well, remember this is a band that turned David Lee Roth down how many times before they finally said, okay, you're a decent singer. And then they, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure I really trust their process of choosing vocalists for the band. <laughs> I mean, no well, argument there. But. Well, well, Ted Templeman agreed with them, so they yeah. may have been on the right track. So, <laughs> well, initially they let him in the band because he had a PA system. They didn't want to yeah. rent anymore, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> We've been there. Necessity band members. We, yeah, it happens. <laughs> 
would have thought that that was some. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I would have thought that that was some story that Eddie came up with later when he was pissed off at Dave. But in that <laughs> early in that early interview um, that was re- recently released on Van Halen News Desk, like he was talking about it, even like on their first tour, that that oh yeah, well he had a PA system, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was in Greg Renoff's yeah. book that that, that mm-hmm. was uh, they they uh, turned down Dave twice, and then they figured we're sick of renting the PA from this guy. Let's just let him in the band and use it for free. <laughs> But you can't believe everything you read on Van Halen News Desk. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on who the author is. Check the byline. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get back to some extreme. All right, I got to chime in here uh, for Michelle. Uh, she says, if I'm not familiar with Extreme and want to do some historical research and hear them, do you guys have an album you would recommend? Well, 100% oh. for me, it's Extreme 2, Pornography, oh, my favorite records of yeah. all time. Yes, yes, uh, yes Really, yes. Really, they're all good, but uh, Extreme 2, Pornography, for me, is a real standout. Uh, do you guys uh, have one that you would recommend to Michelle? Yeah, yeah. I mean, two, the first two. The first sure. two, but two, two, two is, yeah, um, but man, that first album is pretty damn good too. Uh, Mother, actually, start with Mother. Don't want to go to school again because if you like Van Halen, you're gonna love that. That's got yep. the flange. That's the Unchained thing. I like Extreme Kid, Kid One. Ego, play with me. Yeah, play with me might be their best song. Yes, it might be. Arguably, yeah. yeah. Yes, it's certainly probably Nuno's best song. Arguably, yeah. <laughs> in in all the great reasons, you know. Yes, in all yeah. the ways. Anybody listen to Saw Days the Rock? That was their latest uh, Lo- yes. right? That's yes. a good record. Great. I'm glad you brought that up, Corey. Love it. But one more quick it's a monster from from oh, yeah. pornography. Fucking awesome. And I saw them they, when they opened for Dave in ninety one. I hadn't gotten the the album yet. And I heard that song and I was like, I'm getting this. I'm getting this. But yeah, Saw Days to Rock, and thank you for pronouncing it, Corey, because I was afraid I was gonna pronounce it wrong. <laughs> How are you gonna say it? Um, I think I was going to go with that. Saudatus de Rock. No, Saudatus de Rock. That's a really cool one. And I'll tell you, there are some songs on there. Uh, let's see. Ghost and Interface. Those are my picks from that one. Yep. Do you remember those, Corey? Oh, yeah. Yep. I love that. Run, Run is fantastic, too. Which one? Yep. Run. Run. Okay, yeah. That's a good one, yeah. And, but uh, see, like- all, all songs written by Betancourt and Sharon, man. They're the... Yep. They're the yeah. main and uh, I, I would, they've I been would teasing point. a new album uh, on the uh, on their social media, right? They've right, putting yeah. out little teasers here and there. So hopefully we're getting something new from them. Go ahead, Scott. I, I would point people to the opener from Pornografito. Uh, Porno oh Graffito, yeah, Decadence yeah. Dance. Decadence I mean, dance, yeah. Yeah. To, to, to me that that is the that's the Gary we need to hear on Van Halen three. If Hell you listen yeah. to him, I mean, yeah, incredible. The, yeah. That the, the, you hear the thunder and lightning and this. It's, the yeah. mother's calling her son home and uh, and then you hear gary kicking yeah with that riff that was Three huge that album. Huge. hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Three Sides to Every Story is like a big change-up in style, but um, yeah. the, the first the first act, so like the first third of the album is very much in the, the previous vein of, of the group. And uh, Cupid's Dead is an amazing one where yes. he just, he does like this whole long, like uh, almost rap just uh, in one breath. And it's just like, how how the hell did he do that? He has some lungs. Um, Am I ever going to change? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. The, the, the latter half of the album with like yeah. the strings and the, the like, yes. it's just this epic sound and he's just amazing on it with like just soaring vocals yeah definitely a different style from the originals but 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 yeah. that one's a really great one too yeah. i'm not supposed so, to, i don't think i don't think i ever listened to that so i'm looking on wikipedia so it's three acts besides like said, every so, story like, so was it how did they release it on vinyl was it a uh, single record or was it it was a single record they just split sides two and three or they oh, okay. combined two and three on the second okay. side basically um yeah that that's uh, there isn't one album that that's a disappointment for for me i mean you know i've been a fan of them since well since since that second album came out and then i went back and got that first one before we go michelle sorry we couldn't help you uh we pretty much recommended everything (laughs) yeah sorry michelle we couldn't come up with anything uh before we get back to the song Am, am I the only one that felt a Led Zeppelin influence in that last section? Oh, yeah, especially with the drums. Interesting. Pure yeah. bottom, yeah. I thought the yeah. guitars, too. I thought that that was very, uh, felt very Jimmy Page, maybe a little more progressive than his normal stuff, but along that line. Yeah, I could hear that, yeah. All right, He's definitely influenced good. by Hendrix, too, if you listen closely, mm-hmm. some yeah. Hendrix in there. Yeah. All right, let's get back to it. Just be patient. <laughs> <laughs> Reading lyrics on a fade out? 
cool. <laughs> I was just going to say, because, you know, as good, I was, you know going, going back to what's the album that you'd introduce him, and I think it would be Pornography, just, and this that little lead-out shows why I would pick that one, because... Nuno can play, he can shred with the best of them, but then he's got these massive funk chops that he can just funk. throw in, he can sprinkle yeah. them in, right? And that's just pure funk playing. It's so cool, man. Yeah. And those little triplets he's playing on that on the the strum is like Jesus Christ. That was yeah, yeah. He's a, a lot of funk yeah. in extreme. People mm-hmm. need to talk more about Nuno. Yep. <laughs> one, one, of the, one of the trademarks making a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All now it's gone. One of, the, where, one, of, one of the trademarks of of their style is just a, a lot of those like um uh, hemiola patterns that go over the measure so <laughs> like where it just takes it out of time and it just kind of keeps pushing yeah. it forward and forward and it just it's it's a great uh yeah this this one did that too so it's 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 nice to hear that so Corey, where is that from again is that a b-side or uh, japanese? Unreli- uh, probably japanese uh, unreleased in the u.s so uh, probably on the uh, Japanese release of uh, All right. Waiting for the Punchline. That's cool. Should have been yeah. released everywhere. They're a pretty good track. Yeah. But Hell yeah. I guess we have to vote, right, Mark? Yeah, I was about to say, like, should we should we go ahead and vote? Uh, uh, how do we want to do this? Do we just say, like, all in favor, raise your, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down, and we talk about why? Your show. <laughs> yeah, you're, <laughs> fuck it, man. Your show. Fuck it. All right. So, uh, everyone... Would you say that this song in the extreme world is uh, what dreams are made of, or is the dream over and hold them up now? Geez, that's everybody. I'm going to play the clip. <laughs> that's a full sweep. Uh, I'll just, you know, say just real quick. Uh, Although I disagreed with what Gary chose to do with those uh, those verses vocally, this is just a good song. And this is a really good demonstration of if you are someone who only knows extreme from more than words and you didn't realize, no, they're actually like a really kick ass hard rock band. Uh, I think this is a good representation of just a little bit of what you can expect because they utilize so many things that they're good at and blend it all into one song and uh, it makes it sound fantastic. So yes, that's my vote. And that is why Corey, how about you? Well, uh, regarding Lulu, uh, our friends who are breaking down the Lulu album with Metallica Oof. Lou Reed said, meh. And I mean, if you're doing a whole podcast <laughs> on <laughs> Lulu and you thought that was meh, holy cow. Way to go, Chaz. No. <laughs> uh, welcome to the chat, Chaz, and uh, good job on episode one of your podcast. I'm really interested to see how that one goes. Uh, he wasn't a big fan. I dug it, though. Uh, it, it was fun. It was it was cooking. It was rocking. Band was tight. Gary sounded great. Uh, I, I really dug the lyrics, too, because uh, Fairweather Faith uh, kind of hits home with me. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was nothing not to like for me. Uh, Kevin Brown, what did you think? Yeah, lots of good elements in that song, too, right? There's enough in there where it would change, and there's enough interesting stuff in there where it's a pretty simple sort of lyrical content. He's, like I said, he's laying all his line, but there's enough going on in there. I like the drums. I thought the drums were great. Some good pushes in there. I think that some of that stuff at the end, the funk stuff at the end from Noodle was off the chart fun. Um, yeah, it's a good song. I'm glad I heard that tonight. Let's go to George. What do you think, George? Uh, I voted a thumbs up on this one only familiar with the first two extreme albums this sounds this song gives me a pretty good idea of what i'm missing i liked it it was a fun hard rock song the drums although i thought maybe they were a little loud they sounded good the bass sounded good and gary he was killing it i like the lyrics the whole at the end when he's saying i ain't talking about the weather over and over 
it's i think that part has some swagger to it it's fun and it sort of reinforces the message of the song like if you didn't get if you didn't get it if you took the lyrics at face value like go back and read it again because you're missing something in there so that's what i like about that end where he keeps saying i ain't talking about the weather it's fun that's a good song i'm probably gonna listen to this whole album later hell yeah uh, Ryan Powell, how about you, man? Yeah, this is a this is a great extension of of the rest of that album, which I've I've loved. So it's it's really cool to hear something new from it that I didn't even know was there. Um, uh, yeah, uh, echo what everybody else is saying. I mean, uh, Gary sounds great in it. I, I kind of like what he's doing in the verses, um, but uh, just when he gets to whale and he just seems right in the pocket with Nuno on on the on the harmonies. So yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, Definitely a thumbs up for me. All right. Uh, how about uh, we go right on over to uh, Scott Haskin? Well, Mark, I got to agree with you on the vocals. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought the delivery could have been, it, it just wasn't interesting to me. It was almost just too straightforward. But um, overall, I thought that the music was pretty good. The music really saved it for me because I was a bit on the fence because of the vocals. And, and I didn't really like the balance between the drums and bass, but uh, musically, really, this song kicks ass. Right on. And uh, Scott Everett, how about yourself? Much the same as you said, Mark. I think you nailed it. That I wasn't comfortable with how he was singing the verses this all, at all, but the choruses was really good, and I loved the way it closed. So I'm not the biggest extreme fan, but it was a thumbs up for me. Cool, cool. Before we get into uh, Eric, because he'll talk for half an hour, did we get Scott McGraw? <laughs> Might as well get the third Scott, right? Yeah. Moving on over to Scott Monroe. How you doing? Good. Yeah. Now the uh, you know we talk a lot about Van Halen harmonies, extreme harmonies, man. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was on full display here, and Gary just uh, fits so well with them. Um, and uh, I think I I got to call out that high note he hit at the end there too. Very nice, mm-hmm. Gary. Um, yeah, and Nuno is just shredding. Um, Nuno never disappoints. Absolutely. So then, Eric Sinich, what you got? It's on par with everything else that was on the album. It it could very well have been on the, on that album. It's it's it, Gary's vocals with extreme. They never stood out. They never detract. They never took anything away from the song. Overall, it's the music I'm listening to, and I always just love the sound of extreme. The the harmonies are great on this album. It took a little bit of adjusting because it was different than anything they had done be, before that. But but once I gave it a few listens, it it settled in pretty quickly and to listen to this album now i think it's worth a listen because at the time grunge was big so you're listening to it through that kind of lens like expecting to hear grunge pearl jam stone temple pilots type music on the radio now listen to it on its own and it stands on its own it's unfortunate didn't get a lot of airplay not a lot of support but definitely thumbs up there you are. So Eric, there's our I, first. What? Hey, Eric, there's something that I wanted to discuss. And you brought this up before when it was 1995 and it was the rise of grunge and it was a big thing in the music scene then. But I feel like so was funk. You know, you had Red Hot Chili Peppers making a name for themselves during that era, starting to rise to a real big popularity. To me, it's kind of weird that extreme never got a bump from that and maybe it's just that 
the record company felt very biased against bands that started in the 80s at this period in time. But if you put this on the radio right next to Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think people would have liked it in the 90s. Yeah, I think it would. Unfortunately, Extreme was not going to be put on the playlist for any kind of modern rock formats, which the Chili Peppers... Chili Peppers were a a rarity. Chili Peppers were on mainstream rock stations, but they were also on modern rock stations at that time. And so you wouldn't... Program directors wouldn't have given Extreme at the time of day, you know, when they were playing, you know, sponge molly and uh, you know red hot chili peppers and screaming trees and you're not going to put red hot chili you're not going to put extreme in there so they had to market them towards straight ahead rock radio and that was the problem because the the funk side of extreme is 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 straight legit but they never really they never really pushed that angle anyway it was always let's get them in there with the 80s bands let's package them with david lee roth and cinderella which they did in 91 so uh, that that was what they extreme. were up against. It's what they were. All those bands were up against. Yeah, I mean, as as soon as uh, any all of those bands, and you remember Winger tried heavy. They go hard and heavy on uh, what was that album? They after um, oh boy, I'm trying to remember the name of the album that they had. It was like really like almost like heavy metal. Uh, Warrant kind of tried that a little bit. Some of those bands tried different things, but it didn't work. It was really just a matter of do your thing, wait it out a decade, and this stuff's going to come back again, and you'll do okay. With Extreme, they always had their following. They still do. So, so thankfully, they, they were able to survive that. Did these guys get lumped in then? With Because obviously, being from UK and being a little bit separated from that, did these guys over here get lumped in with, with the hair metal? Oh, yeah. With it? Oh, right, absolutely. Because I mean, they're totally, they're completely different levels. Absolutely. That, yeah. you know? no, no, they were a hair band, okay. and uh, they came at the tail end. And that was it. They were forced. Now, with 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 pornography, they were able to at least get out of that a little bit. But then the problem was more than words. Then you have people that don't even know that they're even a hard rock band. Right. They just thought that they were, you yeah, know, your light favorites band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Eddie said, the hit. As he's saying, <laughs> we all know they have the hit. <laughs> and that was yeah. the thing they were up against. They were a band that loved to try all different styles. It was hard for them to just stick with one lane, you know, yeah. not like an ACDC thing. Like, this is what we do. We're going to do. So that was hard, too, for for the record labels to say, okay, what are we going to do with this? Yeah. You know, like they had a lot of those, those albums had a lot of different styles to them. So, yeah, but you know what? What's cool about being an extreme fan now? You're not going to have to pay a ton of money to go see them. You go see them in a nice club up front. Pay yeah. 30, 40, 50 bucks, and you see a damn good band. Yeah. Unless you know? they're opening for Aerosmith and they're charging $300 for nosebleeds. Right. Right. But they're going to play, they'll play the clubs, they'll play the the venues that you can, you don't have to, you know, mortgage your home to get in. <laughs> like Springsteen, yeah. that was a big talk on, on social media um, this week. Right? Yeah. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> All You're right. Talking so- about ticket prices. Yeah, that'll be we'll be here all night. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're going to be here all night, we might as well listen to another song. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, so I'd love to play a Dave solo song, man. We we, we can spin Dave solo until love. we get a Dave song. We can spin live. We can spin regular. Well, what's the like, will of the people on the band? What else? A, what's a on song solo? with Jason Becker on it, man, because Jason Becker was just what a fucking story. That dude. Yeah. Inspirational and a great guitarist. 
Well, I enjoyed listening to something I hadn't heard before. So I think the solo yeah. thing is that, that's kind of cool when you get those tracks, right? So else is on the wheel, Corey, Dave, Sammy, Kev, Wolfgang in there. Yep, we yep. got Wolfie in there. Oh, we got, cool. Yeah, the deluxe uh, edition of uh, Mammoth WVH with the extra tracks is on there. All right. Said, uh, Eddie and Alex, Respect the Wind is on there. Uh, Eddie from the Wildlife is on there. Uh, every Dave solo track. And for Sammy, because he had like double the catalog of everybody, we I put his anthology on, which takes us up to about 2008. And then I put uh, Chicken Foot, Sammy in the Circle, and his solo albums from 2008 on. So Montrose? So, no Montrose. Well, there's one track on the anthology oh. for Montrose, but we're not a okay. Montrose web uh, podcast. So, I just, just can you just rewind? Not just yet. rewind, like I don't know, thirty seconds, Corey. Did you say there's a song called "Respect the Wind"? Yeah, from yeah. Twister soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Oh right, yeah. I thought that was Spinal Tap. No, <laughs> no, that's "Break Like the Wind," my friend. There you go. Break like the wind, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to bring this bad boy back. This is the solo wheel here. I don't know if the guys in the call can see this, but yeah, that's like 250 some. Uh, Oh. tracks are on this bad boy all right uh, because it's our thing i'm going to bring up run around we'll spin the solo wheel again we'll see what we get you boys ready ready do it yeah. all right here we go come on dave come on dave and we're gonna get well it's another waiting for the punchline. Uh, maybe we don't go <laughs> what are the odds you know what? we're gonna close that Mulligan. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're mulliganing that uh, for sure. Because it's fuck it February. And <laughs> it can't be fuck it February unless we say fuck it. At least a few That's times. right. Anarchy, no rules. <laughs> no rules whatsoever. That's why it's fuck it February. And no sobriety. <laughs> Cheers, George. I do, I do feel very out of control right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, no more extreme. Uh, no offense to extreme, but we've already got one. Let's play this again. Yeah. Here we go. All right. And we're going to come down to Sammy Hagar and Friends Rambling Gambling Man. Is that a song people want to listen to? Rambling Gambling Man? Rambling Gambling Man from the album Sammy Hagar and Friends. Oh, I have that. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that like a uh, Kenny Rogers remake? I like this reaction. <laughs> if that I is never the case, then I have to hear it. I do not that's know That's a good album, album but that song yeah, is not. <laughs> no, that song's. I'm trying to remember that one. We could spin is this again. A cover? It's, it, it might. It might be, actually. It might be. Yeah, I might searched be. Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. It says Bob Seger on Google. Yeah, oh, there yeah. you go. Of course, you, of course yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think the majority of that album is covers, if I remember correctly. The yeah, he's... Hagar and friends. Yeah, there's some good stuff on there. There you is. Want to go again? Stuff. Who wants yeah. to go again? Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. Do it. Pretty much. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. Everybody. Third time's a charm. Here we go. Come on, ladies night in Buffalo. No, we're gonna get <laughs> fuck off waiting for the punchline. Jesus. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> for a third time. <laughs> you know, the upside is we get to keep listening to a pretty fucking great song. Just the first part of it though. Just yeah. the first part. I sense John Marion. Eddie Van Halen, Fashion Dynasty. That must be from the wildlife. 
the fuck is going on around here? <laughs> yeah, know. let's do it. Let's hear something kind of fucking going weird. Let's, uh, if it's yeah, Eddie, yeah, yeah, it's, in, it's Eddie, be weird. Uh, yeah. if it's Eddie, we're all in, right? <laughs> I sense the ghost of Mariano in all of this. Oh, yeah, I thought he was going to be here tonight, that son of a bitch. Uh, I heard you say he was... Even he's when he's late. not here. All right, you know, that was the beginning of it. We won't play, play it yet, but oh. uh, Eric... Maybe tell us a little bit, because I'm sure you know, how did Eddie Van Halen get to do the score to the movie The Wildlife? Oh, God, you're going to you're gonna put this on me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm trying to remember. It was, did it have a connection with Valerie? I think Valerie knew somebody that, that was working on the movie, and they asked him to do it, and he said, yeah, I think it's really as simple as that, but I could be wrong. Um, trying to remember. I, I know, I, I've never seen it. I know the beginnings of... Yeah, the beginnings of right now are in there. Um, I tell you what, I, I saw it once uh, in the eighties, uh, written yeah. by Cameron Crowe, uh, who has done some. Cameron Crowe, yeah. He did Jerry Maguire, he did Almost Famous. It stars Chris Penn. That was supposed to be his big breakout role. Uh, Leah Thompson, <laughs> uh, Ian Mitchell Smith, Jenny Wright, Eric Stoltz, uh, Rick Moranis, Hart Bachner, and Randy Quaid. There you go. Man, that's a pretty all-star. Sherilyn Fenn. Oh, there's yeah. a, that's a big cast in this movie. Right. But I, God, I want to say Valley knew somebody that's a connection. I, I can't remember. Eric Stoltz, by the way, was, was the original Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Yeah. That's right. He lasted that, right? Of, uh, two, three right. weeks. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, Edward Van Halen wrote and performed the score for the film, but was unable to finish mixing due to Van Halen's touring schedule and left the task to the band's long-term engineer, Don Landy. The instrumental Donut City was the only original Eddie Van Halen composition appearing on the soundtrack album. Right. Uh, Donut City. What a great name for a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're not getting Donut City. We're getting, uh, what the fuck's this thing called? Fashion? Fashion Life? Fashion Dynasty. Now, yeah, and I think when you, in that scene from Back to the Future, when they're, when, uh, like Marty, back to Michael back to J. The oh, no, I, my, but I think some of the music from this was used when when he plays the cassette and he, and he, and uh, Michael J. Fox is in the spaceman uniform. When he's Darth and, Vader, yeah, and he played. Right, right, right. I'm Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely Eddie Van Halen. I'm not sure uh, what track that came from, but not this one. Not this one. <laughs> well, wait a minute. This if is there awesome. was only if there was only one original song from Eddie Van Halen, then who is this? He did the question. score. I think that was the only one that's, that came on the soundtrack or that was included on the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Th this is actually oh. out of the movie. Uh, what part of the movie this came from? I couldn't tell you. Uh, Fashion Dynasty. Uh, I haven't seen the wildlife in forever. I uh, don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Mark, you're the movie expert on the panel. Do you know Fashion Dynasty? Probably if I hear it, but uh, I'm trying, I've been trying to rack my brains as to where I might have heard it as far as like movie or TV or something, but I'm not sure. All right, well, according oh, to this, uh, oh, sorry, does this ahead, also count for your uh, Backtracks theme music? In a way, yes. Uh, we're, we're, we got a two for here tonight. Thank you, Drew. Crossover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except we can't really talk about the movie because none of us have seen it. But uh, apparently the short piece of background music was used during the scene at the Fashion Dynasty store at the mall. That's fair. All right, so it's a minute 24. Uh, here we go. This is Fashion Dynasty, Eddie Van Halen from the uh, Wildlife uh, soundtrack. Thank you. 
just what everyone was hoping for an Eddie Van Halen dense <laughs> number. I like oh. it. That's um, it that's him on the electric familiar. drums. Yeah, yeah. He's, everything's electric on that. Yeah, there's yeah, no. He, that's no all him. That. That's all him. That was the name of the store in the mall, the Fashion Dynasty. So yeah, that's, the director. That is one. classic '80s film underscore. Oh, oh, no no yeah. yeah. it sounds like, it sounds yeah, like it needs oh. to be set to a montage. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Driving through LA. Even Rocky had a montage. Scott, you're a composer. Scott Haskin, I yeah. should say. We have three Scots to every story. Uh, I am. <laughs> as a composer, uh, what are your thoughts listening to the first 18 seconds of Fashion Dynasty? You know, I've had to write pieces like this before, and um, they're not that difficult to do. <laughs> they're just not. Uh, it's really just to, it's it's harder to mix them than it is to write them. It, you just you just get a grooving baseline, a straight beat on the drums. And you just put in a couple of little synth lines on top of that, and you're good to go. But yeah, yeah I, I can totally, definitely see yeah. like a, a Rocky montage or a driving through the streets of LA kind of montage over this opening credits. Actually, this would be a good opening credits piece uh, where you're just kind of setting the tone for the film. Uh, it's a good piece for for that style of movie, um, but it's just yeah, there's nothing real special about it. Not yet. Not yet. There's only 18 <laughs> seconds of it so far. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> maybe it'll maybe it'll change. Eddie likes to you know fly off the cusp and give us something cool. The last minute is going to be just a ripping Eddie solo. Just just just, <laughs> just you be. wait. Fingers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crossed. Guitar. <laughs> <laughs> So 80s. It's one of those songs that makes me feel unfit because it feels like it's a gym <laughs> montage. I, I want to get on my like, oh, warmers. Man, like, yeah. 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 <gasps> gotta start running. Jane Fonda workout. There you yeah, go. Wait, it, it's uh, it's got that that uh, danger zone feeling from Top Gun, right? Yeah, right, that, right. Yeah. The way that it moves about the same tempo has that grooving bass line. I mean, it's just classic era music. Interestingly way. enough, too, he was Eddie was approached about doing music for that last one. But it wasn't feeling good. Really? Oh wow! Right. Yeah. yeah, Maverick. Oh, we got a Kelsey Van Halen is chiming in. Hope Kelsey. you guys are having fun on the road in Cali. She was helping her brother move this weekend. Wish I could join in and enjoy yourselves. Uh, thank you, Kelsey. We all love you. I hope you're Thanks, hope you're safe in California, having a great trip. Uh, Tom hey, if, also if she's that. on uh, if she's on the road in California, I've got a perfect driving montage song for her. That <laughs> yeah. <have> right now. <laughs> Raven Flames says, I just heard Flashdance. Yes, we all did. Yeah, Flashdance. <laughs> what a feeling. I know what I'm putting this to because I've done a couple of montages for you, Corey. <laughs> the scene in The Warriors where they're running away from the baseball fury. Yes. Perfect. It fits oh, perfectly. Fit perfect. That's the Absolutely. one. I just kept looking out at Scott Everett just slowly shaking his head like, <laughs> I could have been anywhere on a Saturday night and I'm with these assholes listening to this. No, no. I'm... Just it's, it's so, so, so 80s. And yeah. I'm... And I'm trying to remember in the movie, Rick Moranis played a 
douchebags fashion store owner and i'm trying to remember where exactly it fit in the movie is it's playing so no wow. it's not 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 with being with you guys i i may have wanted <laughs> to rather hear a van halen song versus this but we're good we're good well guess what we're, we're gonna spit again this is only a minute 24 so uh don't worry <laughs> well and this is this is like what around the same time as like beverly hills cop and harry Foltermeyer. Yeah, i was gonna yeah, yeah, yeah harry Foltermeyer. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, right yeah. and fletch Love Fletch. Yeah. Did you see the new one, Eric? Confess Fletch, good movie. Surprisingly good. The, the bar was set high for me because Fletch is my all-time favorite comedy film. Yep. And it was really good. I read all the John books. Ham John did Ham did nice. Did yep. he, he nailed it, man. Nailed it. I could just picture Eddie, you know, like the mad scientist cigarette hanging out of his mouth in that studio, you know, just all night, just having fun with that shit. Yeah. You know, big smile on his face, just just doing whatever he wanted on the keyboards. That was when, when he was really getting into the synths. Yeah, and when you when, but when you're writing to spec like this, you've only got a certain, you know, the, the shot, the, the, the scene lasts this long, you got to write this piece of music for this scene. It's a good piece of incidental music. There's nothing wrong with it, right? And I don't know where it fits in the music. I have to watch the, the, the movie, but... It's fine for what it is. It's just, you know, we're all sitting there waiting for some some shredding and some, you know, some, some harmony. Alan, Alan Tigg says, listening to this, I keep waiting for Rebecca Mornay, uh, Dio Mornay, I think he means, uh, to enter and take her clothes off, which is a business. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So thank you very much for that. Good call. I'll be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> this is all around the time he's writing I'll Wait and Jump to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not on par. But the... <laughs> Oh, God. Hillbilly Scribs is in the chat. Helping some single uh -oh. moms pay for college right now. How's everybody doing? He's currently drunk in a strip club. Uh, so God bless you, oh, Hillbilly. Nice. We're having fun. Not as much fun nice. as you are, buddy, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be saving that fun over there, Jeff. <laughs> All right, Mark, do you want to do a, another mass vote on this one? All right, mass vote, just like last time. Is this a particular piece we'll by Eddie Van Halen? What? Well, everybody will put up their fingers. I'll play the clip for the majority. So, Which yes. finger would you like? Either one. Probably so, that one. Okay. <laughs> yes or no. And oh, man. I'm going. It's Eddie. I don't All give right, a fuck. Well, I'm going. Thumbs up. And George. Three of no, us said no, but the yeah. majority, uh, 60 of said yes. It's better than how many say I. Okay, let's put it. Let, let's. <laughs> yes, it well, is. Well, uh, oh. I fight you on that one. That's a low I'll bar you on clear. It's <laughs> a low bar All clear, I'll say absolutely. Is, I, I would just say, as a massive fan of synth wave, and when people still ask, like, what exactly is synth wave? This track right here is the personification. Like, that, it's that. Yeah. Like, yeah. this right here. This what is Eddie it. did. This is synthwave. Now, I mean, because we all know that sound. We all know uh, uh, how it typically goes. We're all making 80s references. That's the whole thing. Um, and there's a big movement of retro synthwave uh, happening now in our modern day, and I love it. So naturally, I'm going to love this, even though it's a nothing song. It's just it's just there. But there Mark, you go. Yay. I'm going to well, piggyback I... off of you, Mark, because I'm a synthwave fan, and that to me is my justification for why I voted this one down personally. Uh, wow. I think like a 
only a third of us voted it down. That's okay. But <laughs> this is like a minute and a half of just very basic synth music. And this is not something I would be more excited to listen to than a modern synthwave artist like Carpenter Brood or Mitch Murder, who are, they're taking that sound and it's a little more developed. And this is just kind of fluff. Hmm. Well, you got to know what, you got to know what it was put together for. You got to imagine it was like a weird science-ish type movie at that time frame. And him doing a shred or something like that, that movie makes absolutely no sense at all what they used it for in this spot kind of did. So it kind of just fits what it was meant for. Um, Now I'm just thinking of Kelly LeBrock. Damn it. (laughs) Sorry. Weird science. Yeah. I'm I'm still on Phoebe Cates from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which was also written by Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Any Kraftwerk fans here? Some. Yeah, some. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to think, understand how somebody can complain about thinking of Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. <laughs> and why I mentioned craft work when we're talking about Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Um, yeah, of course. Uh, uh, now, so yeah. what, is, what if Eddie, uh, you know, what if the flock of seagulls came to Eddie and said, we'd like to have you join our band? I think Eddie would have been good for a flock of seagulls, maybe making yeah, that I kind think, of music. I think you know, you two, two, two words with one syllable each would work there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I will. Um, as a as a piece of film music for it being underscore. And so underscore is really just meant to support the film, but in the 80s, they put it a little bit more up front. Um, I don't know what was going on in the scene, so I have to judge it as a standalone piece. And for for the style of music that it is, it's fine. It doesn't, it's not supposed to solo, it's not supposed to be a shred and rock song. Uh, it's supposed to just carry the film. And it's interesting. He didn't just repeat the pattern over and over. He put in a couple of minor things to make it change just enough so that it wasn't annoying. Um, I think for what it is, it's a good piece of music. That's where I'll disagree with you, Scott, because I don't think he changed enough to keep it from being annoying. Uh, To me, it was way too repetitive. Okay. I mean, I I think just to follow on that, I I think the same thing. If It was a little repetitive, um, but given that it's underscore, it makes sense. Uh, I think I would have been a little bit more on the fence were it not for, you know, how he changes up the the chords and kind of changes the the emphasis of things. Um, So it's not just that same repeated bass line over and over with just a couple chords on it. So I think it did just enough to make it more interesting for what it was. And that's just it. Like this, this kind of music is not designed to be listened to standalone. It's it's yeah. really not. And so it's it's kind of tough to judge on that basis. It's not like film scores now where they're done designed to sell a film soundtrack. Um, back then, they were just writing for the film and they were licensing hits to be able to sell the soundtrack. So it's kind of hard to judge as a standalone piece. But since that's the position that we're in, um, I, I did like it. But I, I could definitely understand your arguments against it. Yeah, so I enjoyed the synth, like the, the lead was good, but again, it was that bass line that just was super repetitive, and I didn't love the drum choices. Like, they, so you know, if, I'm sure that's a Lynn. I don't think it's, I don't think it's Eddie actually playing a Simmons or something. It sounds like it's just no. a really programmed synth, uh, drum part, right? When you've got yeah. Eddie, could have totally played that on a on a Simmons or something, and you'd get a bit more. I don't know, like you say, you don't really want to swing in this song, but you get a bit of feel to it. So I don't know, it just it's just a bit flat. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ravel What's Flame interesting is, in the, sorry, we'll get back to you in a second, yeah. Eric. Ravel Flame says, ironically, my wife is in another room watching Mannequin. 
Uh, talk about your mom. Oh, oh yeah, there's there another one. There's another one. Yeah, yeah. But perfect. what's interesting is when you listen to it, it's probably the only time you would say you wouldn't even know it's Eddie. You know, normally when you hear Eddie playing, you know it's him. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't if I'm if I'm hearing that in a movie, I'm not saying, "Oh my god, that's Eddie." I could tell. So, you know, I think he was just doing his job, doing what he what he was asked to do and you know, by the way, what's what's the David Lee Roth connection to Weird Science? Two, Big there, hair. There's Big two. He's in the video. He's in the he's in the video montage when they're feeding uh, photos into the scanner to make the perfect. Oh woman. yeah, Dave's in there. Oh. And and they play just a jiggle of the video, I think, for a second or something. Yes, effect. but also bump and grind. They there play bump and grind when they're in the mall. Oh oh yeah, they do. Hmm. Forgot about that. That's right. Is that the what's the what is the greatest eighties film? There's a good question. Oof. There's, oh, there's, there's so many. Too many greatest, uh, yeah. It's Oscars. Yeah, you go back. Yeah, well, I mean, I could, I'd say Back to the Future because it's probably one of the yeah. best ones. Back to the Future to me is yeah, a lot of those like movies. Movie. Yeah, those quintessentially eighties movies. A lot of them are problematic now. When you go back and look at them now, I mean, right. yeah, you know, there are so. Now, Back First to the Future. Every time it's on, I watch. Mm-hmm. Breakfast Club, yeah. Breakfast Club, that's a great one. Yeah, classic. I the eight, the 80s was great right for films. Oh yeah, yeah. some good. I see you, Ryan. I see you. <laughs> this is Spinal Tap came out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that is part one of fucking February here on and the podcast will rock part two uh, coming up right away. You guys want to check that out? We're actually talking Van Halen uh, on that episode. We spin a Van Halen track from our regular wheel. Uh, plus we, uh, do a spin from the live wheel too, and actually spin a cut from Van Halen's last ever, uh, public show in Hollywood in 2015. But until then, uh, on behalf of my, uh, broadcast partner, Mark Meyer and myself, Corey Morris said, thank you very much for listening. We are, and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.